Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering reading recommendations personalized to your reading life. Want great new mystery books to read but overwhelmed by all the publishing buzz? Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading likes and dislikes and what you're looking for and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so you can treat your shelf and support an indie too. Also, TBR is available as a gift. So you can visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 87, and we are recording on Tuesday, October 6th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Well, I'm holding it together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just barely. <laughs> yeah, no, this... Gosh, yeah, the, la- the last two weeks have just been... I don't even... I don't even want to think about the last two weeks, but I, I suppose what matters is that we are here. We are upright. Yes. We are speaking into our microphones. We're facing the right way. Hopefully. I'm going to call it a banner day. <laughs> Look, I'm okay with that, too. I mean, I've been drinking my water and I went for a walk today. Oh, you're already ahead of me. So, yeah, no, like, I I feel like if I go for a walk, I've won the day. Like, that's kind of like my bar at this point. So, yeah, I'm with you. Banner day. We'll go with that. (laughs) Yeah. And I have to say, when you said that you've been drinking your water, that made me remember that I've been super excited that I have been drinking water because we just invested in a new little Brita filter for our fridge. Mm. It's It's just... a, it's just a container filled with water, and it's got a little spigot at the bottom, so I don't have to pour it from the from the yeah. thing. So it's super easy. Yeah. And now that we have fridge water, it tastes so good. <laughs> like filtered fridge water is so good. Like sometimes, like I'm like, oh, I'm thirsty. Do I want a Lacroix? Do I, you know? And but then I'm like, no, I want fridge water. And now that we have fridge water, I have been drinking so much water. So I'm like, I didn't know that's what I needed. <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you are also struggling to drink water and stay hydrated during this bonkers 2020, may I suggest investing in a Brita water container for your fridge? It is life changing. By the way, we're not sponsored by Brita, but if I they was would, just gonna say that <laughs> if they want to sponsor us, you know, contact Book Riot. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Let me talk about our actual sponsor here. Yes. (laughs) So this episode is sponsored by the audiobook edition of And Now She's Gone by Rachel Housel Hall. 
Isabel Lincoln is gone, but is she missing? It's up to Grayson Sykes to find her. Although she's reluctant to track down a woman who may not want to be found, Gray's search for Isabel Lincoln becomes more complicated and dangerous with every new revelation about the woman's secrets and the truths she's hidden from her friends and family. So we've talked about Rachel Hazelhall here on the podcast many times, so I don't think we really need to express that uh, we're big fans of hers and we're very excited to have this book as our sponsor. Uh, This is a thriller featuring two complicated women in a dangerous cat and mouse game and it explores the nature of secrets and how violence and fear can lead you to abandon everything in order to survive. So if you are looking for something that is witty and fast-paced, this is the perfect book for you, and I'm sure that the audiobook edition will be great as well. Uh, so you can go ahead and buy the audiobook edition of And Now She's Gone by Rachel Housel Hall wherever books are sold. All right. So if you are a new listener, welcome. We're delighted to have you. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We are so happy that you stuck around with us. So if this is your first time listening to us, we talk about mystery, suspense, thrillers, true crime, and anything that falls under that giant umbrella, whether it's movie adaptations or award winners or new releases or new subgenres that we haven't explored before or read-alikes for popular mystery and thriller titles. Whatever the case may be, if it falls under that umbrella, it's fair game. And if you're a longtime listener, you know that this is the part of the show where we always encourage our listeners to start thinking about if there are any ideas or topics that you think would make for an interesting future episode. Because if you have a good idea, we really encourage you to reach out to us. We have recorded so many episodes that have been based on listener requests. This episode tonight is a is a, based on a listener request um, or suggestion for the show. So we really do use a lot of these suggestions. They give us great ideas. They point us in new directions we may not have otherwise explored. And it's just really fun to hear from everyone about the show and what books they picked up and what they think would make for an interesting topic for a future episode. So just get those thinking caps on. We'll have our contact information at the end of the episode. But we just put that little note out at the beginning just just to get the get those brains going. And with that, I'm just going to jump right into our news segment. There's not a huge amount going on in the in the mystery world, but there's some there's some interesting stuff. So, if you are on Twitter and follow the author Jordan Harper who wrote the award-winning book she rides shotgun, Um, Jordan has tweeted that he has turned in the manuscript for his second novel, which appears to be titled The Last King of California. So this is is just a first draft according to the tweet. Obviously, we don't have anything fancy like a publication date or anything, but if you really liked She Rides Shotgun and have been eagerly waiting for the next book, just know that it is eventually going to be on its way. So get excited. All right. Also announced recently on Twitter, Lane Fargo announced that her new book, 
They Never Learn, which comes out this coming Tuesday, has already been optioned for the TV rights. And she's also attached to write the pilot as well as produce, which is very, very exciting. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the book itself here because I actually picked this as one of my picks for new releases. So stay tuned for the end of the episode because uh, teaser, this book sounds really good. So you know, just a little fun advance of uh, what's to come. But yeah, we're very excited for her. And hopefully, like, just based on the premise of the book, I haven't read it yet. Uh, this sounds like something that would be really good for TV. And in additional adaptation news, um, once again, we have Stephen King adaptation news, because I don't feel like there's an episode that goes by without it. There is going to be a reboot of Stephen King's early novel, Firestarter, which was one of his first novels. I think it was like in the first five or something like that. The original was filmed in 1984, starred Drew Barrymore. So this was just a couple of years after she was in E.T. And so she was still in her really cute child actor phase. Um, But the new adaptation of Firestarter... Um, the casting update that they have for this is that Zac Efron is going to play the father in Firestarter. And I had a mini, I don't know if you'd call it a an identity crisis, a midlife crisis. I don't know, realizing that Zac Efron was now officially old enough to play someone's father in a movie because Zac Efron is not much older than I am. And actually, he might be around the same age as I am. I haven't compared birth dates or anything, but in no way did I think he was that he was old enough to be cast as someone's father. But apparently, the filmmakers disagree with me. So the new adaptation of Firestarter is going to be starring Zac Efron. You know, I will say the one good thing about that casting news is I was just like, well, at least I guess now they're also aging up guys because like you know you always see like these women who are cast as mothers in like tv shows and movies who are like barely older than uh their children on the show or whatever and so i'm like well maybe they're also doing that now to zach afron <laughs> <laughs> which i mean i'm fine with i but yeah the fact that i when this news came out i googled him katie heard me doing this and i went oh my gosh he's only a year younger than me i 100 percent would have put money down that he was still in his 20s uh but he is not so there we are <laughs> All right. And then also more adaptation news. Amazon has picked up the rights to develop a feature, I believe a feature film based on The Jealousy Man, which is the upcoming novel by Joe Nesba. And so uh, there isn't a whole lot of information about it other than William Oldroyd has been tapped to direct the adaptation, who is known for directing the 2016 uh, TIFF drama. I don't know if you're supposed to say TIFF or T-I-F-F. Toronto International Film Festival drama, Lady Macbeth, Macbeth, uh, which earned him a BAFTA, as well as a Director Guild of America nomination, a DGA nom. Um, And so, yeah, there's not a whole lot of information out. The book isn't even out yet, but apparently it's set on a remote island. And the story follows twin brothers caught in a violent love triangle. And the detective, known as the Jealousy Man, is called in to investigate. So... That's all there is. This is not part of the Henry Hold series from, or I know I'm saying that incorrectly. I apologize to everyone. Um, but yeah, this is not a part of that series. So this that might be part of the reason why um, Amazon decided to pick this up because it'll be a potential good standalone movie. Um, so yeah, if you are a fan of Joe Nesba, 
his new book will be coming out and it will potentially be adapted into a film by Amazon. And then finally, this isn't strictly mystery and thriller news, but I feel like we all need just a little shot of some happy news in our lives right now. And James Patterson, who has is really well known for donating a tons of money to teachers and school libraries and all of this other stuff, is donating two and a half million dollars to teachers to help them create classroom and at-home libraries for students for at-home learning. And so he's going to be um, he's doing this through his Patterson Partnership Program with Scholastic Book Clubs, and f- teachers are able to apply for this. 5,000 teachers will receive grants of $500 and 500 Scholastic Book Club bonus points to help create classroom and in-home libraries for their students. And it just... I know we we joke about James Patterson on this show just because sometimes... I mean, he writes so many books that we know he's not writing all of them. He co-authors a ton of books, and we know that there are a lot of other people doing a lot of the heavy lifting for him. But he really does put his money where his mouth is, and he gives to a lot of really good foundations, and he really donates a ton of money to teachers and schools and, li- and libraries and all of this other stuff. So it's it's just nice and heartwarming to see someone doing something good with their millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if nothing else, like I, I like you were saying, like we make fun of him or we like tease about the James Patterson factory and whatnot. Uh, But it's really, really nice just to see like the fact that James Patterson recognizes the fact that one librarians and bookstores are like a huge part of the reason why he has his millions and millions of dollars. Um, But also like he recognizes the value of books in communities and tries to make sure that those things are available um, as much as possible. And so that's always just, you know, great to hear and see. Yeah, and fun game. If you have not visited your local library in a while, go to your local library, go to the adult fiction section, look under in the P's under Patterson, and see exactly how much real estate his books take up on the library shelf. Yeah, like depending he- depending on the size of your library, it'll vary, but it's going to be at least one full range of shelving, even in the small libraries. He has written so many books, and they are so popular that they are just going to take up an enormous amount of space. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, I would put money down that my library has at least a full shelf, or like a full, like, bookcase, or like four or five, whatever, however many rows that is, of just Jane Patterson books. Yeah, so, yeah, take a look and you and you may be surprised, or maybe not, I don't know, but it is, it is kind of fun to, <laughs> to take a look and marvel at it. All right. So like Katie mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode comes from a listener suggestion who basically recommended or suggested that we do a sort of like secret history read-alike sort of episode. And The Secret History is a really, really interesting book because it's like, if at least to me, it feels very unique in the way that it is set up and it's a book that like a lot of people really really love and are often looking for read-alikes of but like a lot of like books that kind of blow up it's hard to find sort of like quote-unquote perfect read-alikes for it because depending on you as a reader there are like multiple angles into the secret history and it feels like a lot of books 
match on some things, but not everything. And there is no like perfect read alike, in my opinion, at least not yet, um, for fans of the secret history. Yeah, and the secret history is by Donna Tartt. If you have never read the book or heard of it before, um, it's kind of. I don't want to say it's like a cult classic, but it kind of is. Yeah. And I I mean, I have not read it personally. It's been sitting on my shelf for literally years and I still haven't gotten around to reading it. But I know enough about the book and its appeals and why people love it to understand like, okay, yeah, this book is a thing and it's been a thing for a long time. Yeah, I read The Secret History a handful of years ago, and obviously, like, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, don't, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say obviously. Obviously, there are probably people out there who don't enjoy The Secret History, uh, but I did really enjoy it. And it has, like, this sort of dark, atmospheric feel to it. It's part campus novel, but also, like, part a character study, but there's also, like, a mystery to it. Um, and so it has, like, all of these different elements uh, that like just work really, really well together. And it's like this really compelling story. Um, it does, I think it is technically considered like literary fiction, uh, but there is like a mystery at the center of it all. So if you are a fan of the secret history, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's just like very, very unique. And I feel like even like Donna Tartt's other books aren't really quite the same as the secret history. Yeah, and we figured that since this was October, we thought that doing an episode about either secret history readalikes or the larger theme of creepy campus boarding school books would be a really good atmospheric pick for October because we are in the heart of spooky season. I am so excited. I have been watching all of my favorite Disney Channel original movies on Disney Plus. Like, I've watched the first two Halloween Towns, Phantom of the Megaplex, like, all that stuff. So I am 100% in full fall Halloween mode. So this was a really, this was a really good idea. So thank you. Thank you, listener. And yay, Rincey and Katie for planning this for October. All right, um, I can get things started. The book that I picked to talk about is Long Black Veil by Jennifer Finley Boylan. This book came out in 2017, so it's a couple of years old now. And I think I read it in like 2018 or 2019. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but it it's basically always being comped as like a secret history read-alike. And it definitely has some vibes to it that like match if you are a fan of the secret history. So this story is told basically in like two timelines. Um, In the past, there were like these group of six friends who decided to go and visit this like abandoned penitentiary in uh, Philadelphia or outside of Philadelphia. And it's like this notorious penitentiary that like is known for being like just this really creepy place that like college age kids or high school kids will go to um to like mess around in and whatever um so they so it's i think six of them i want to say and a teacher basically end up going to this penitentiary in the middle of the night you know everything's really creepy but then someone in the group ends up going missing And then you fast forward 20 years and there is a skull and a body discovered hidden in the walls of the penitentiary after like while they're tearing it down and things like that. And they find out uh, they realize that uh, the person who went missing was basically murdered on that night in the penitentiary. And so, like I said, the story is told basically from 
two timelines. You are watching this night unfold um, in the past, and then you are also catching up with all of these people in the present day and seeing basically what has happened to them while also trying to figure out like who killed this person. Um, It's a really good dark book. Like I would say like it does feel more like a character study than a mystery although it does obviously have like I said this mystery at the heart of it of like who killed this person on this fateful night but it's really about sort of like their friendships their relationships and kind of how these individuals have evolved and sort of grown or not grown uh over the past 20 years and how this night kind of like impacted a lot of what happened to them from that point forward. Um, it's extremely atmospheric. It's very dark. It really does feel like the perfect October fall read. Um, so if you are looking for something along those lines, this is definitely about that. Um, another thing is that the author is transgender. And so that also has a play in the story. I don't want to say much more than that, Um, but it is really interesting to see sort of how um, she like talks about not necessarily her experiences being transgender, but just like the experience in general and how that plays out. Um, So if you are looking for books that have that sort of transgender representation in it, uh, this might also be uh, good for you to pick up as well. Um, I, but just like from the basis of just being like a dark atmospheric story, this like was really, really well done. And it's a bit of a slower pace, but I think it's 100% worth it. So again, that book is called Long Black Veil by Jennifer, Jennifer Finley Boyland. Oh, I am so glad that you talked about this book because I've had it on my radar for a while and I'm like, okay, this sounds like a good Katie book, but I never picked it up. But hearing you talk about it, I'm like, oh, that's probably, I'm probably going to read that pretty soon. That sounds just exactly like what I am craving right now. Yeah, I'm really surprised that you haven't read it yet. It totally does sound (laughs) like a Katie book. Yeah, I like I said, it's it's been on my radar. I was aware of it. And like, I'd read the description and at the time thinking, oh, this sounds interesting. And then like promptly forgot what it was about. And then when you were talking about it now, and I was just like, oh, penitentiary, split timelines, a group of people coming back together after 20 years, dark and atmospheric. I'm like, oh, you're checking off all my boxes. <laughs> all right. So before I jump into my pick, I have our second sponsor for the episode, which is Grand Central Publishing and Iris Johansson's latest novel, Chaos. So Chaos follows CIA agent Elisa Flynn, who is willing to go rogue if it means catching the most heartless band of criminals she's ever encountered. In a ripped-from-the-headlines plot, schoolgirls in Africa have been kidnapped, and Elisa knows that billionaire Gabe Corgan has the courage, financial means, and high-tech weaponry to help rescue them. With additional assistance from renowned horse whisperer Margaret Douglas, Elisa and Gabe lay their rescue plans, only to see them descend into chaos. But with the help of a brave team and a horse with the heart of a warrior, they might just get out of this alive. So Iris Johansson is just such a long-running, best-selling author, and her 
last actually 30 plus books have been consecutive have been bestsellers on the New York Times list and chaos is just another book from her that features her trademark of emotionally complex characters fast-paced suspense sizzling romance so if you like some romance with your suspense and you have not yet read Iris Johansson this would be a really good one to pick it to pick up and Iris Johansson is also well known for creating memorable, strong female protagonists. And you know how much we love a strong female protagonist on this show. So if this sounds like it might be up your alley, make sure to pick up Chaos by Iris Johansson. And we thank Grand Central Publishing for sponsoring this episode. All right. So my pick for this episode, since I had not read the secret history yet. I went with the broader creepy campus stories um, just because boarding schools and Ivy League colleges and international universities, like they just have this this feel to them. You know, every everyone is, you know, it's very close knit, lots of secrets, lots of angst, lots of, you know, potential darkness and clicks and rumors and all this stuff going on. So the book I picked is much more a traditional psychological suspense novel. Um, I picked up Dead Scared by Sharon Bolton, which is the second book in the Lacey Flint series. Before I begin talking about this book, I have to put out a trigger warning. The plot of this book revolves entirely around suicide, and there are also mentions of sexual assault. It's not, that part is not covered in graphic detail, but the suicide aspect is very central to this book. So just be forewarned that this is, that that's a major trigger for this book. So in this book, Lacey Flint is, um, she is sent undercover to Cambridge, where there have been an unusually high number of suicides amongst the student population, most of them female. And what's unusual about about these is not only the frequency with which these suicides are happening, but the way in which that they're happening. They are happening in very unusual, violent circumstances. And so Lacey Flint is sent in as a as an undercover student, posing as an undercover student working with the with a psychologist at Cambridge who sees some of these students who has known some of the women who have died by suicide over the years and trying to figure out what's going on because there's a theory that these these people who have died by suicide may have been goaded into it or may have been encouraged pushed um into it by an outs by an outside party a group it might be online it might be something else but there's enough weird stuff going on that it doesn't seem likely that these are just students who are struggling with depression or other issues from living on campus. So, not surprisingly, this book is very, very dark. Um, This, I've read a few of Sharon Bolton's books, and I've talked about one of them, I know for sure, on this show. It was, it was a while ago. Um, And actually, funny enough, 
The book that I talked about previously, Blood Harvest, is not a Lacey Flint novel, but several of the characters from that book show up in Dead Scared, which is really interesting because I didn't pick up on that at first because it's been long enough since I read Blood Harvest that I was reading through it going, hey, wait a minute, I recognize some of these characters. And I checked with my husband who's read a ton of Sharon Bolton stuff. And he was like, yeah, she does that. Her her characters kind of jump around. So kind of like ton of French. It's not quite as, it's not quite as systemic or rigid as a ton of French's uh, character jumping is. It's like one book, okay, a side character from this book is going to be the main character in this one. And then a side character from this book is going to be the main character in another one. Hers is kind of more orderly. And Sharon Bolton's characters just kind of tend to jump around and pop up in random places. Um, but it was really cool. It You do not need to have read Blood Harvest originally. Um, in fact, it's been long enough since I read the book that I was hazy on some of the plot details that happened in that book anyway. Um, but I was able to read this one without any problem. Um, and like I said, this is also the second book in the Lacey Flint series. So it the book will occasionally make kind of obscure references to things that happened in book one. But it's not so crucial to the plot that you have to know exactly what's going on. But I have read that one too. And that one is also very dark and very good. Um, but yeah, this, this book is also the epitome of a page turner. Like the chapters are short. The chapters themselves are broken up into short bits, sometimes going from first person to third person perspective and jumping between characters. And it's, it, the pages go so fast. Like, I think I read this book in a total of two, maybe three sittings. I mean, like, I was on page 100 before I even knew what was happening. So this is very much a fast-paced, psychological suspense novel. Um, Like I said, it is, it covers dark subject matter and just from what I've talked about so far in terms of plot synopsis, it does get darker. I will not give away what that is. But yeah, this this one, this one is dark. Um, so not for the faint hearted. Um, but if you're looking for I would call this a really good popcorn book, like, you know, where you're just kind of like shoveling it in and just like the pages just keep turning. So if you're looking for a really for a really good page turner that you that you can power through in a weekend, this would definitely be it. And like I said, it's because it's set in Cambridge, which was also really cool because my husband and I visited Cambridge on our honeymoon. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I went there. I saw that. That was really cool. Um, but it's, you know, it's the old English university. And so it, the atmosphere just like oozes out of the pages. So again, that is Dead Scared by Sharon Bolton. And that is the second book in the Lacey Flint series. So if you all have any suggestions for some secret history read-alikes or some creepy campus books, because here for both, uh, feel free to uh, let us know. Or if you've read either of these books, you're welcome to talk to us about that as well. But we always love hearing from you all and getting recommendations for other books that fit these topics. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of creepy boarding school books out there. (laughs) Also, I almost just went with The Secret Place by Tana French. Wait, is that the boarding school one? Yep. Yeah, that is well, the word. The likeness could also work too. That is true. I also, yeah, and I was just like, no, we can't make it also a ton of French episode again. So, 
<laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, if you are also a Tana French fan, uh, the secret or are interested in trying one of her books, although The Secret Place, you would need to read Faithful Place first before yes. that. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you've read Tana French, Secret Place, very much in this wheelhouse. All right. Uh, and so on that note, I'm going to jump into new releases. So first up, I have Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. And this one came out on Tuesday, October 6th. So you can pick it up now. This is a book that uh, I'm going to admit I never expected to come out from Ruman Alam. He has written two basically like straight up literary fiction books. Um, and I read his first one, which I cannot remember the name of, Rich and Pretty, I think was his first one. Um and I liked it. And then this is, I was very surprised to see that he was writing a mystery thriller type of book. And so I'm very excited to pick this one up. Um, in this story, you are following Amanda and Clay and their family as they are heading out to like this remote corner of Long Island for a vacation. You know, they're going to get away from New York City for a little bit, spend some quality time with their teenage son and daughter. And get basically like a taste of the good life in this luxurious home that they've rented for the week. However, there comes a knock late at night and they find out that Ruth and GH, who are the older couple who own this house, have arrived there in a panic. They tell them that a sudden blackout has swept the city, uh, but in this rural area with like no TV and internet and no real cell service, it's kind of hard to know what to believe. So now Amanda and Clay are kind of wondering if they should trust this couple and the couple's also wondering if they can trust this family. They don't really know what's happening in New York. Is this vacation home which is isolated from civilization and really a safe place for the families to be? Are they safe from one another? Um, so this is a, again just sounds like super super intriguing to me also feels a little bit real in the sense of like all of us are in our homes all the time now and very attuned to the people that we live with or whatever uh so it might maybe be a little too close to home depending on what's going on in your life um but this is a book that is also just exploring things like parenthood as well as like race and class and things like that so again that book is called leave the world behind by ruman alam I was also really surprised to see this type of book come out from Ruman Alam. And I have not read his previous books, but I am a huge fan of the care and feeding uh advice column on Slate where he is he's a co-author it's a parenting column and I have no children but I love that advice column and he gives really good advice so (laughs) if you want to read any of his other stuff outside of his novels you can check out the care and feeding column um but yeah this book when you're talking about it I'm like oh this feels a little too real I don't I'm like it's so it sounds so intriguing and so paranoid and I like those types of stories but to hashtag too real. Yeah. Um, I'll have, I might have to sit on that one. <laughs> All right. And then my first new release pick for this episode is Snow by John Banville, which is out on Tuesday, October 6th. So this one you can also pick up at any point by the time you're listening to this. So Snow follows Detective Inspector St. John Strafford and he has been summoned to County Wexford to investigate a murder where a parish priest has been found dead in Ballyglass House, which is the family seat of the aristocratic secretive Osborne family. So this takes place in 1957. The Catholic Church rules Ireland with an iron fist, 
And Strafford, who is visibly Protestant and determined to identify the murderer, faces obstruction at every turn from the heavily accumulating snow to the culture of silence in the tight-knit community he begins to investigate. And as he delves further, he learns that the Osborne family is not at all what they seem. And when his own deputy goes missing, Strafford must work to unravel the ever-expanding mystery before the community secrets, like the snowfall itself, threaten to obliterate everything. So if you have been looking for an Irish author who is not ton of French, this might be a really good one to pick up. It just sounds really atmospheric and just really, really interesting. So if you like stories about close-knit communities with lots of secrets and suspicion of outsiders, this sounds like a really interesting one. So again, that is called Snow by John Banville. All right, my next pick is They Never Learn by Lane Fargo, which I mentioned at the top of the show. So you are following Suzette Clark, who is an exceptional English professor, but she's even better at getting away with murder. Every year she searches for the worst man at Gorman University and plots his well-deserved demise. Thanks to her meticulous planning, she's avoid drawing attention to herself, but as she's preparing for her biggest kill yet, the school starts probing into the growing body count on campus. Determined to keep her enemies close, Scarlet insinuates herself into the investigation and charms the woman in charge named Dr. Mina Pierce. And everything's going according to her master plan until she loses control with her latest victim, putting her secret life at risk of exposure. Meanwhile, Gorman student Carly Schiller is just trying to survive her freshman year. Finally free of her emotionally abusive father, all Carly wants is to focus on her studies and fade into the background. Her new roommate has other ideas, though. Allison Hadley is cool and confident, everything Carly wishes she could be, and the two girls quickly form an intense friendship. So when Allison is sexually assaulted at a party, Carly becomes obsessed with making the attacker pay and turning her fantasies about revenge into a reality. So as mentioned at the top, this is going to be made into a TV show or has been optioned to be made into a TV show. And I'm sure you could tell just by that plot synopsis, uh, this sounds perfect for a TV show. Uh, This is a book full of suspense and it basically is a feminist serial killer story, which like, check, I'm here for it. Um, Yes. (laughs) It's being described as perfect for fans of Killing Eve and Chelsea Kane. So uh, yeah, it just sounds like a really great psychological thriller. Um, And yeah, I'm here for it. So again, that one is called They Never Learn by Lane Fargo. All right. And then in a lighter selection. My my last selection for new releases is In the Study with the Wrench, which comes out next Tuesday on October 13th by Diana Peterfront. And if the title sounds vaguely familiar, just a few episodes ago when we were talking about middle grade mysteries, um, I talked about her first book, which was the first in the Clue series, and I just absolutely loved it. Like, I credit that book with starting to pull me out of my reading slump that I've been in for a long time. And so this is the second book in her series, and it's all centered around the Clue board game, the characters, and just the sensibility. It's very much feels like a traditional whodunit type of mystery, but it's got a lot of really interesting characters. And so in this book, in the aftermath of Headmaster Body's murder, which happened in the first book, Blackbrook Academy has been thrown into complete disarray. 
Half the student body hasn't bothered to return to campus at all, but those who have include Orchid, Vaughn, Scarlet, Peacock, Plum, and Mustard, now warily referred to by the other students as the murder crew. When another staff member is found dead and an anonymous threat begins to target the group, each of the teen's opportunistic reasons for sticking around come to light. Orchid's identity comes under question while Vaughn's family life takes a turn. Finn and Mustard grow closer and Scarlet and Beth struggle to turn over new leaves. All of this comes to a dramatic head at Tudor House with a cliffhanger that will leave readers eager for the final installment in the series. So the first book ended like the mystery was solved, but there were still a lot of loose ends with the characters. So it was very clearly like, yeah, they're setting this up for another book. And I am so excited that I read this book so close to the release of the second one, because now I don't have to wait. So if you are looking for the second book in the series, or just think that this, you know, that this sounds like an interesting uh, series to pick up, this, again, this book is called In the Study with the Wrench by Diana Peterfrund, and that comes out on October 13th. And then finally, we didn't want to go into too much detail, because we've already talked about it on the show, but Tana French's new book, The Searcher, is out now, October 6th. Go pick it up. All right. So to wrap up the episode, we have our currently reading, planning on reading section of the episode. So I read two books over the past week, both of which I thoroughly enjoyed and highly recommend. Um, So first up, I have Winter Counts by David Heska Wanbley-Wyden. This book was freaking fantastic. Uh, (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. I was like, I mean, I've listen to you talk about that you like you've read this months ago and i've listened to you talk about how good this is and multiple other people talk about how good this is but i'm still surprised by how good it is <laughs> so if you aren't aware uh this is a debut mystery that is set on a native american reservation in south dakota you're following this character named virgil wounded horse who's basically like a local enforcer um on the sort of native american reservations here in the united states there's kind of like this weird line of legal like enforcement and whatnot because like the tribal council and like tribal legal system has like very limited powers and then like everything else falls under federal jurisdiction and like the federal government and law enforcement is not interested in most of the things that are happening on these reservations so a lot of these reservations have people like this character virgil wounded horse who is hired by people in the community to basically take care of all of the terrible people that are around. So like the story starts off with him beating up this guy who is like abusing children. So um, Virgil ends up getting hired because heroin starts making its way onto the reservation. And so he gets hired to basically look into the person who they think is bringing in the heroin and to make it stop. Uh, That's like a very, you know, basic synopsis of what's happening. And they end up like going to Denver uh, and finding out that this is all connected to like Mexican drug cartels and things like that. And like the turns out this is all a lot bigger than he uh, might realize. Uh, So like I said, this book was fantastic. First of all, the writing gripped me from page one, uh, which, you know, in 2020, like my brain is like not, you know, what it used to be or not working in the same way. So I feel like in general, like I'm always very surprised when books grab me these days on page one. And this book 100% did that. Um, The other thing is that this book is very like page turnery in my opinion, but at the same time, it's also like 
very well like character driven um like the character development in this book is so well done uh, but it also doesn't like drag down the plot at all of this mystery of trying to figure out what exactly is going on with these drugs on this reservation the way that he's able to like balance chapters where you're literally just following Virgil as he's like working or like grabbing food or something like that um along with these chapters of him like investigating this case and like neither of them feel to like they get in the way of each other it's just like it's perfect like it's so so well done um so yeah i mean i could like talk about this book for an entire episode but i won't because we don't have the time um but if you haven't picked up winter counts yet or you've been like on the fence about it or anything along those lines like go pick it up it's one of the best books i've read so far this year um yeah it's fantastic and I just, one of the things, because I have to jump in because I really loved this book too. Um, one of the things that I loved so much about this book, and it just really highlights how much we need different voices in publishing and different stories being told, because David Heska Wombly Wyden is Native American. This is an own voices thriller. And like, when you think about the plot, like, okay, there's this there's this one guy and he's going after a drug cartel. I mean, how many times have we have we heard this story? Have we read it? Have we seen a TV show, a movie? Like, this is a very common story. But the way he infuses the Native American, not just the overall culture, but, like, what life is like on the reservation with the poverty and how issues are handled on the reservation with law enforcement and how people interact with each other like it is it just takes this the the story that we've heard so many times it just makes it so fresh and so new it just shines an entirely new light on what would otherwise potentially be a really tired trope and it just it it's just like a breath of fresh air when i was reading it i was just like oh my gosh we need more stories like this that take the things that we know and just show them in a different light. And he does such a fantastic job with it. Yeah, 100% agree on all of that. And then the other book that I read is Vera Kelly is Not a Mystery by Rosalie Netsch. Uh, This is the second book in the Vera Kelly series. The first book is called... um, what is it called? Oh my gosh. Who is Vera Kelly? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, and that one I read, I think earlier this year or maybe late last year. What is time? Uh, and, <laughs> but I really enjoyed the book a lot. I But it is like kind of a spy espionage, character driven, but spy espionage story. This one basically takes this character who in the first book was working undercover for the CIA and she basically becomes a PI. And this is like totally much more my vibe uh so i like enjoy this one so much more than i even enjoyed the first book so in this story um vera kelly is back in the united states after uh working for the cia and you know a bunch of stuff goes down in that first book um and so she needs some money and so she basically goes into business as a private detective um she's recently broken up with her girlfriend and she's like heartbroken and like just throws herself into her work and she ends up taking on this case of this missing child who has basically got 
fallen into the foster system and then like kind of fallen through the cracks of the foster care system. Um, And it is this kid who is from the Dominican Republic and his parents are like either missing or on the run or they're being uh, hunted down. It's not completely clear. Um, And so Vera Kelly basically is trying to look for this kid who was sent into the United States and living with someone else who I think was like either his grandmother or something like that here in the United States. Um, But then his like grandmother dies and no one knows like what happens to the kid anymore. So the story uh, was fantastic. The mystery is really, really good. It has some like really interesting twists to it. Like there's so much more in that plot, but I don't want to give too much of it away because it's really great delight. Um, This is like I said, like even stronger than the first book. I think that the first book had a little bit of like pacing issues. But again, I'm not like an espionage spy thriller type of girl. So in general, like spy thrillers always feel like they have a little bit of pacing issues. But that's also because like, I don't know that much about like espionage and world world politics and things like that. So I feel like a lot of that stuff goes over my head. Um, This book, I think, does a really nice job because it... um, it's a hist- it's a historical mystery. I don't know if I said that. I don't think I did. Um, and so these stories take place, at least this one takes place in the 1960s. And um, so it does talk about sort of things that are happening in the Dominican Republic during that time um, and sort of like the American involvement of the various changes in leadership and things like that, uh, which I find to be really interesting. But it also it has like this basic like PI mystery in the center of it all to like drive the story along. Um, Vera Kelly is a queer woman and it talks about sort of like the dangers of being a queer woman in like 1960s, even in New York City. Like there are scenes in here where like she's at a bar and the bar gets raided by the police and um, and it's a bar, you know, where queer people hang out. And so like she runs away, but a lot, a lot of people, um, are getting arrested there the very beginning scene she ends up actually she worked at a television studio and she finds out that you know her girlfriend is leaving her and she's like crying on the phone and then her, someone overhears her and she ends up getting fired because she's queer there's like a i forgot what they call it but there's like a contract in her like or there's a clause in her contract about like ethics or something like that that ends up making it so she can get fired for that so it like talks about those things as well um and it's just like done in a very like I don't know it's just like perfectly balanced in a way that I feel like the first book wasn't so I feel like if you're someone who picked up the first book and thought it was like good or like maybe you were like on the fence about it I feel like the second book is so much stronger Rosalie Neck really like grew in her writing and all that stuff. So again, the second book is called Vera Kelly is Not a Mystery, and I was a fan. All right. Well, for me, I have not finished or started anything new since the last episode. It's been one of those couple of weeks, but I've been I've been plugging along with the stuff that I have been reading, and I've possibly got some got some stuff that I'm going to dive in soon, but I haven't made any decisions yet. So we're just going to see what happens next episode. All right. And that is our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Uh, Thank you to our sound editor, Jen Zink, for making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. There will be links to all of the stories that we talked about at the top of the show, as well as links to all of the books that we mentioned here today. If you enjoyed the podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that way other people can discover us and join us in our discussions about mysteries and thrillers and whatnot. 
If you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can find us at redordead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincey A. And I'm on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.